We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Will Levy, recorded at Equipus Church in Eden. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com. Um, well, we were in a, we've started a series, Pastor Sam started it last week with uh, eternity, born for more. Who likes that? Born for more, born for greatness. Who believes they're born for greatness? I believe you're all born for greatness. And then uh, this, this, this morning, Pastor Desiree talked about uh, stewardship and the parable of the talents. And man, it was great. Who knows that they are gifted? Who's gifted? Dunedin's got talent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like the example that she used about how in our family we watch all the uh, interviews of Britain's Got Talent and all that. And yeah, the ones that crash and burn, it's not a good thing. We're not laughing at people. Or maybe we are, but anyway. But here's the greatest thing about it is that everyone has a talent. Uh, and, and, and the thing about Britain's Got Talent is everyone's got a talent on there as well. They just have to find the right one. <laughs> Amen. So, anyway, but uh, it's amazing. Some of the, if you watch that, uh, the, those those interviews and those auditions, there's some amazing stuff that comes out of those of those interviews and in, and auditions, and just phenomenal people have gone on to have careers. Uh, in music and entertainment. Why? Because they took an opportunity to step out in the talent that they believed they had. And so I'm not preaching on that tonight, but I just thought it was such a great example how people took courage to step out. Um, And maybe we'll do some Dunedin's Got Talent later on in the year. (laughs) I I was thinking to myself, I hope we have a panel and we have those buttons. Not really. That'd be mean. That'd be mean. But, um, and so tonight I, I want to just, I, I want to put, put something in us. I pray it's already there. But my job tonight is I, I, I want a fan. I, I know you speak this, uh, this scripture a lot out of Second Timothy, but it talks about fanning into flame the gifts that, that uh, it says about Timothy, about how the, his grandmother Lois and Eunice, great grandmother's names, um, when they prayed for him, released on him, because everyone's got gifts. But the problem is some of them are laid dormant, right? And so tonight we're going to be uh, volcanoes. Or uh, Again, an example I hadn't thought about. But uh, tonight I pray that there'll be, there'll be something in our spirit that just goes, you know what? God has called me. God has anointed me. God, I have purpose in Jesus Christ. And so I pray uh, that, that that comes across and, um, and we'll go from there. But Father, I thank you for all these amazing people. I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our hearts, what you've done in our hearts, and Lord, what you're calling us to do now. And so Jesus, I pray that every single one of us would just know the love that you have for us, the, the Father in heaven that you're championing us. Lord, you're calling us into, into greatness for you, Lord. So tonight I pray, Holy Spirit, you'd minister in Jesus' name. If you've got your Bibles, grab the, our, our founding state, oh, it's not statement, Scripture is out of Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 9 through 11. I've expanded it just a little bit. It says this, what do people really get for their hard work? I've seen the burden God has placed on us all, 
yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. It says this, He has planted eternity in the human heart or in their hearts. But even so, people cannot see this whole scope of God's work from the beginning to the end. He has planted eternity in our heart. Now, I like, I think it's good to read our Bible because it reminds us of stuff. And I don't know the last time I actually thought of eternity until we started doing this series. For a lot of the time, I'm like, I'm just going, Lord, I'm thinking of the now. I'm thinking of what is going on now. I'm thinking of my amazing wife. I'm thinking of my amazing children. I'm thinking of the, the role that I play in the church. I'm thinking about now. And, and, uh, and it all gets fueled by eternity, but I'm not really thinking of eternity. Do you know what I mean? Because what we do now, what I do now, will affect eternity in people's lives. Because if we don't tell the gospel, if we don't reach out, if we don't encourage people, if we don't spur them on, and we don't pick up people when they're lost, then eternity is going to have an amazing effect on their life, whether they are going to go to heaven and live their life with Jesus, or whether they're going to go to hell and live their life separate from Jesus. Uh, that's, that's, That's what it's all about. And so... Thinking about eternity and that eternity has been placed in our heart is an amazing concept because it now I go, it brings me to the point where I've got to, I start thinking about my actions today will echo in eternity. Who knows the movie? What? Do you guys not watch movies? Maybe I didn't say the line quite correct. It was Troy. Anyone? <laughs> right. All right. Movie March coming up. I'm preaching out of Troy, right? <laughs> anyway, so, but our actions today echo through eternity. It's a great line. And, but our, it's so true. What we choose to do or not do today will have a mark on eternity. And so this is a great series where we choose on how we want to live our life. I love the thing about how God just says, hey, it's your choice. I'm giving you free will. You can choose how you want to live your life. You can choose to live your life for self or you can choose to live your life for me. That's why the Bible says that every day we need to pick up our cross and die to self and follow Jesus. Ah, that's hard work. Because here's the thing is I like self. Does anyone else like self? I'm not trying to speak in the third person. But we all have this selfish nature because we want to do what we want to do. But when, when we have eternity in our heart, maybe we're going to choose to do different things with our life because of eternity. Maybe I'll have a hard conversation with my family about the gospel because of eternity. Maybe I'll... Talk to someone about areas of sin in their life. Why? Because of eternity. Maybe we'll choose to do something today rather than put it off till tomorrow because of eternity. So tonight, I, I really the 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 um, the title of this message is a heart on mission. A heart on mission. What's your heart mission? Tonight, it says that eternity was placed in the heart 
of every human. I pray that your heart is on mission for eternity. And so I want to just go through a few concepts, few ideas that hopefully will provoke us to go, what are we doing with this life, that, this precious life of uh, 90 to 100 years that we get? For what, how will I affect eternity? You know, it says out of uh, Proverbs chapter 4, maybe some of you will know this, verse 23, it says this, um, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. See, if God's planted eternity in our heart, we need to guard it because uh, we, it, lots of other things want to come in and take its spot. Like, I, I like, you know, I like having uh, toys. Yeah, I, I like dreaming. I like going on holidays. Who likes going on holidays? Come on, if you didn't put your hand up, you're lying. Come on, we all like going, I like going on good holidays. My favourite holiday. We went to this place called the Paradise Resort in Australia. It was for kids. The whole place was just a big toy playground. And it was awesome because all the kids got looked after and we just got to sit down. It was brilliant. Anyone who wants to go there, I'll talk to you later about it. But we all like holidays. We all like doing things for self. And uh, I pray that we still have those things, but, but let's make sure our heart is on the mission of Christ, not just on the mission of doing things for ourselves. So let's guard our heart. Let's watch what comes into it. I, I love ambition. I love going forward. I, I love it that people um, want to get, get bigger and bigger, better houses and, and nicer and faster or more appropriate cars or or great better jobs and I think we should advance in the kingdom of God but let's not let's not have the mission of of ourself and what we want and our needs uh, overtake the mission of who Jesus Christ has called us to be amen on this I know this is preaching a little bit straight but when we have eternity planted in our heart the souls of the unsaved are going to go to hell and this is, this is, I know this is a hard word for, for Sunday night, but it's not really that hard because what, what we sung tonight was break my heart for what breaks yours. We don't want to just give a lip service, do we? We want to go, Lord, I want to serve you with all my life. I want to give you all my life. I like the fact that in Luke chapter 15, Pastor Sam talked about it and preached through it last week. If you weren't here, I'm sure it will come up online at some stage. But there's the story of the lost coin, the lost sheep and the, and the lost son. And it talked about how the, the ladies uh, swept the house because one out of the 10 coins was lost. And, uh, and something I didn't know, but apparently the, the coins that formed a necklace, which was significant to an engagement ring. And so there was value in that one coin. It wasn't just one coin. It completed a set of coins, which I thought was great. And so there was value there. But then, then there's the shepherd and he goes and looks out for the sheep. And again, we heard that, you know, good business practice is not to leave what you've got and go and search for that one sheep. You're like, sheep, you're stupid. Why did you leave? Why did you go away? But here's the thing. The relationship with sheep back then were not like the relationship we have with sheep. No, because if you read your Bible, it says the sheep know the shepherd's voice. And in fact, when we were in Israel, we were at a place where they had a, a live 
reenactment of what the lifestyle was back there. And they had a shepherd and the sheep, and the sheep were just right up next to the shepherd. The shepherd was feeding them, patting them, all that, like pets. And it, was, it, was, it, brought a, uh, it brought an understanding to the sheep and the shepherd. So you can understand when the shepherd loses a sheep, it's valuable. When the shepherd loses someone, he's like, right, I need to go and find that because it's valuable. And then we read the story again about the, the two sons and the father and how the one son uh, took his inheritance and, and wasted his inheritance, but then had a revelation of, of the love of the father and said, you know what, I want to go back and I want to be a servant of, of my dad. And so he comes back and the dad gets all excited because his lost son returns and he knows where home is. But then there's the other son and the other son was upset and he was mad at his dad because the other son had wasted money, wasted inheritance, and, and he just didn't do anything. And, and we, we hear that about, you know, the, the woman with the coin. She, had, she went and searched. The shepherd went and searched for the sheep. But we hear about the son, this older son never went and searched for his brother. There was a mission not in his heart. Well, there was a mission in his heart, but the mission in his heart was for himself. It wasn't for his younger brother. I want to say tonight, there's many things that can get into our heart and replace the very thing that God has placed in us. Lots of things, lots of distractions. Well, I wrote this down before the service. I was just, I was mulling over it and it's like, the urgency of mission will come from the value you put on something. The urgency of mission will come from the value you put on something. If you don't value something, you're not going to have an urgent mission for it. If you don't value something, you're not going to have an urgent mission for it. Now, I don't know about you, but what are some of the things that you value right now? I'd say you value your wife or your husband. Amen. Amen. All the, all the husbands, yeah. Brownie points right there. Come on. What are the things you value? Here's the, here's the crazy thing. What happens when you lose your phone? It's like the world has turned and gone upside down. It's like Armageddon. Where's my phone? And what do we do? How many people have lost their phone? And they turn the house upside down. They hunt for it. They will not stop until you find your phone because you might just miss a text message. <laughs> or you might just miss a notification coming through from Facebook or Instagram. And we have this urgency, I've got to find my phone. Come on, like you're all sitting back there like, no, that's not me, but I know it's true. I know it's true. You're like, ah, my phone. Once we... I'm not saying it. One of, one of our children may have been involved, but one of our phones got down the side of the couch at the airport. Oh. These couches were built in, and like this, this hand is only this thin, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm almost getting blood, like opening cuts on my hand just to try and reach down to get this phone because how urgent is it to have our phone? But the urgency of mission will come from the value placed on something. Like we have to be connected. 
what would happen if you put your phone down for a little bit? What would happen? But here's the thing. I, I want to encourage us tonight. Let's have an urgency on our mission that is so much valuable, but uh, that we can, you will be so passionate about, so passionate for what Jesus is passionate about. Not just passionate about our phone or going from there. There's a, there's a story in Luke chapter 5, verses 17 to 26, and I've shared on it before, but I, I want to share it again tonight. So if you go to your Bibles and open them up, that'll be good. Luke chapter 5, verse 17. Has everyone checked that you've got your phones in your bag? Don't want to lose your phone. Luke chapter 5, verse 17, this is the story of how Jesus heals a, um, a, a paralyzed man. And let's read from verse 17. It says this, One day while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed that these men showed up from every village in all Galilee and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem. And the Lord's healing power was strong with Jesus. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because the crowd, uh, because of the crowd. So they went up onto the roof and took off some tiles. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, Young man, your sins are forgiven. But the Pharisees and teachers of religious law said to themselves, who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he asked them, why do, you, why do you question this in your hearts? Is this easy to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat and go home. And immediately as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat and went home, praising God. Everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe and they praised God, exclaiming, We have seen amazing things today. I love, I love this uh, a parable, not, it's not a parable. I love this account of how, how four friends led someone to Jesus. Uh, and you've heard me because Jensen Franklin, uh, someone I like listening to, he titled a message one day, Four of a Kind Beats a Full House. Uh, I don't, I'm not advocating for playing poker, but four of a kind, four friends who are of the same will beat a full house. I, I want to talk about this parable a little bit tonight to go, uh, not parable, this story, because I believe that there's, there's a heart on mission that we can parallel some stuff into our life with. Um, before we go any further, I've got a little, uh, it's a, it's, well, it's a little video. It's a very short video, but it shows you what one of these roof structures would be like. This is the ex, not the exact, but it will show you of the type of structure that we're talking about from the roof. If the team can throw that up there, it's, it's quite short, but hopefully they'll get it. All right. So it's pretty much some timbers along and then some smaller timbers and then some flaxy and tiles on top of that. And so that's actually a, a little synagogue right there. Oh, you can't see most of it, but that's the roof of inside. And so you get the understanding of what a roof structure would be looking like. Who knows that that, that looks like 
it's not just made like flimsy. It's got some good construction to it. But I, really, I think tonight as we think about how four friends led someone to Jesus and he got healed is an amazing thing. But I don't, one, one thing I was thinking about before coming to church, have you ever heard the noise of an ambulance? Most people have heard the noise of an ambulance. Most of you are old enough to drive or have your driver's license. And what do you do when you hear an ambulance? If you're driving a car, what do you do if you hear an ambulance? You're sort of looking around for where, where are the next thing, the flashing lights, right? And then you're like, are they coming towards me? Are they coming down the side? Well, generally, what do we do? We pull over, right? Most people, are we courteous drivers in New Zealand? All right, we'll, we'll pull over. And so, so we hear an ambulance and we'll pull over. That's in New Zealand. Now, if I took you to, let's say, Kolkata, India, we were there last year in November, and, and we could hear the noise of an ambulance, and it's just going, woo-woo-woo. Uh, and, and I'm like, we're looking around, where is it? Here's the thing. No one. No one pulled over. No one gets out of the way. And in fact, at one stage, the ambulance was right behind us, and now our driver was just like, oh, yeah. They don't get out of the way. It was primarily because they can't get out of the way. There's another car in front of them. But isn't it, it was just amazing that there's an emergency going on. Someone's sick. What if someone's dying? And they just couldn't get out of the way. And every time I read this account of this story, I'm like, crowd, where were you at? There's, there's four guys carrying a person on their sleeping mat and you wouldn't get out of the way. I'm like, where are you at? And, and so I'm doing some thinking and I'm reading the Bible and it just talks about how they were Pharisees and how they were wanting to, they were teachers of religious law and they always showed up where Jesus went from place to place wanting to observe, wanting to just look in. And, and in the fact, and the point to this message part is that they were just getting in the way. I don't want to be a Christian that gets in the way of what God is doing in someone's life. I think the crowd, Christian crowds sometimes can hinder what God is very much wanting to do. And I say, let's not be a Christian crowd that gets in the way of what God is wanting to do. Let's be people that are on the end of the map. Let's be people that are willing to carry this person. Now, the, the construction of these homes where there were staircases up onto the roof because they would use the roof for living area as well, what they could walk on. And then, but then they would, these guys removed tiles. That's a lot of work. But if we've got a mission in our heart, what can stop us from getting to where we want to go? See, I've gone ahead of myself just a little bit. The first thing I want to talk about is the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. The power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. In this, in this account of how Jesus heals this paralyzed man, it says that the Pharisees would go to place to place because they knew the power of God was there on Jesus to heal the sick. I think if you're going to have a heart on mission, We've got to know that Jesus heals. We've got to know that Jesus is the answer. We've got to know in our heart. Let's get rid of doubt. 
Let's get rid of any disappointment. Let's get rid of anything. Let's go to the Word of God. Let's read it and read it and read it until our answer just, just oozes who Jesus is. We've got to know in our heart if we're going to be a church that's on fire for the mission and the gospel of Jesus Christ, we've got to know that Jesus is the answer. The Bible says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through Him. What's your answer when someone comes to you to talk about something? Does it point to Jesus? Is He your answer? Is He the person that you go to first or or do, we, or do we come up with an answer ourselves, Church, I'm not trying to be down on us tonight, but I'm just saying if there's something in our spirit that will come alive tonight is that Jesus is the answer. When I, there's a lot of times I've been asked a whole lot of questions in the, in the 10 years that I've been in ministry and I've not had the answer for, apart from Jesus is the answer. I think sometimes we've got to be okay as Christians go, you know what, I'm not sure about the answer, but I know that Jesus has got an answer for us. I know that Jesus has got an answer for the circumstances. Oh, we were just in Tauranga last week. And I'm going into a church that is just, one of the, their worship leader has just lost their seven-year-old boy. Have I got an answer for that? No. But I know that Jesus does. And somehow... Someday, those parents are going to find out the answer. But I know that if all I can do is just point to Jesus, Jesus is always the answer. If we're going to be a, have a heart on mission, we've got to know that Jesus is the answer. Amen. Let's have a heart on mission. All right. Number two, heart on mission finds a way. A heart on mission will always find a way. It says these four guys brought... This person on a mat. And I was thinking about getting four guys up and just seeing how difficult it would be to carry them. But uh, we're not going to because health and safety and all that sort of stuff. But uh, what gets in your way? Many things get in our way. But nothing got in. These, these four guys turned up and they're like, there's a crowd here. They're not moving. Let's find a way. Let's find a way. Here's the thing is, we're all motivated, right? I was listening to another podcast and the person who was talking about it saying, we're all motivated. So I'm trying to motivate my teenage son to get up and help and do jobs, but he's playing video games and sleeping in. So And, and, he's, and the person was saying that, that he's not motivated. Yeah, he is motivated. He's motivated to sleep and he's motivated to play video games, Right? So we are all motivated. One way or another, we're motivated whether it's for ourselves or whether it's for Christ. And I, it's not that it's one or the other. It can be both and, right? Because we want to have, God says that we can have a life and life more abundant, right? And so we can be motivated, but let's be motivated for the right things. But what, what gets in our way is sometimes such an excuse. I'm like going, what are you? If I was Glen Berteau, I'd call you Snowflake. I'm not Glen Berteau. But I'm like, what gets in our way sometimes is like a little stub the toe and, and we go running away and the devil wins. But I'm like, 
No, if we want to be a, have a heart on mission, we've got to learn how to push past the crowd. We've got to learn how, how to push past some disappointment. We've got to learn how to keep going until we get that person to the feet of Jesus. Why? Because eternity is placed in our heart. Is eternity placed in your heart? What, what can get in the way? There's always going to be obstacles that get in our way. Sleep gets in our way. Who knows that 8.15? Mind you, most people are up at 8.15. 8.15, prayer meeting down here. Is, that gonna, is sleep going to be an obstacle? hope not. Is there something in our heart and our mission for the cause of Jesus Christ that says, you know what, I want to get up and I want to come and pray and believe to see God influence our city? Maybe hurt, maybe disappointment. I've seen many things just subtly get into our life and become distractions. And suddenly people who are on fire for God, they get distracted by the mainly worldly stuff. And they don't end up walking out the call of God that's on their life. Become what is something that we can say, you know what, I'm going to push past that. I'm going to let that disappointment or I'm going to let that hurt get by. I'm going to let that experience go by and I'm going to get up onto the roof. I'm going to take some tiles off and I'm going to lower this person down to the feet of Jesus. Because the very next thing, which I think is amazing, which if anything tonight, which is going to come alive to you in the Spirit, is the words of Jesus. These words of Jesus are amazing to me. Let me read them. It says this. He says this, young man, your sins are forgiven. Or sorry, seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, young man, your sins are forgiven. Seeing their faith, doesn't that go against all our doctrine? Doesn't, don't they have to come and say a prayer on Sunday morning? Don't they have to lift their hand and say, I want to receive Jesus? No, what, what Jesus says, seeing their faith, he says, young man, your sins are forgiven. I'll read this and don't get me wrong, I believe that everyone needs to confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus is Lord for the forgiveness of our sin, that's scripture as well. But their actions, these, these four people actions, Jesus saw and led to Jesus forgiving their sin. Could your actions, could your heart on mission lead to Jesus seeing your faith? And seeing someone that you care about, someone that you're urgent about, and Lord going, your, their sins are forgiven. I can't explain it all, but I know what the Scripture says. Um, there's a time and a place that every single person is going to need to know who Jesus is. I pray tonight there's something that goes, you know what, I'm going to push past. And I love the stories about by the gate. By the gate is about a whole lot of young people who go and pray by the gate of their school because they're believing for their school. What if Jesus could turn up? What if Jesus turned up and said, Hey, young people, because of your faith, your school's forgiven? What could happen? We could see amazing revival. Because you chose to have heart of mission, Jesus will turn up and go, Hey, because of your faith. 
that person's forgiven. And can I have the band up? That'll be good. We're almost done. It's too hot up here to keep preaching. Have we got a heart on mission? I pray that we know the power and the love of Jesus Christ to be the answer for eternity, to be the answer of salvation for every single person, for every single opportunity, for every hurt person, for every broken person, even for every arrogant and confident person. Because often we talk about the lost and the hurt and the broken. There's so many arrogant and pompous people out there that need Jesus as well. They just annoy us so we don't go after them. But if mission's in our heart, why don't we? If eternity's in our heart, they're going to be lost just as much as the other people. Personalities are amazing things. But no personality deserves to go to hell. Because everyone's personality is attached to a soul. And no soul deserves to go to hell. Jesus died so that not one soul would go to hell. My soul is not going to hell. Because someone had mission in their heart. Some pimply-faced teenager who gave up his week to serve at a kid's camp. Probably recommitting his life as well. Everyone did anyway. Not talk about that. But what they had mission on their heart to tell people about Jesus. I learned about Jesus when I was 14. Fell away from God. When I was 17, recommitted my heart back to God and got mission in my heart to tell the world about Jesus. There's many, many crowds that can come along to hinder you. I've, I know a lot of you have heard the story, but when I did my apprenticeship, building an apprenticeship, my boss gave me grief every day for being a Christian without fail. Sometimes he was a little bit nicer about it. But most days he'd give me grief. And then I finished working for him and went overseas and did building overseas. But when I was overseas... I got a, Desiree's father was talking to me one day and he said that my boss was in hospital with cancer and he, had, and he found out that the nurse knew my father-in-law. And so he said to the nurse, can you please tell Will that I'm in the hospital with cancer? There's a bit of it's three and a half years, four years of being persecuted every day. Worth putting an eternity in someone's heart. Why did he want me to know? It's a no-brainer. He wanted me to know because I knew Jesus. And I've rung him and I spoke to him and we prayed about his cancer. But it's amazing how he reached out. Just because... Man, I remember him asking me a question. He's like, oh, what were the three gifts that uh, the wise men brought Jesus when he was born? And I'm like, um, 
Oh, gold, silver, and something else. I'm a, I was like, I need to know the answer to this. It wasn't. <laughs> it was gold, frankincense, and myrrh. By the way, I researched it after that. Didn't want to get it wrong. So it's like sometimes we think, oh, we've got to know the basics of Christianity. You know, what were the three gifts? Messed it up. But did that matter? No, of course it doesn't matter. We don't have to have all the right answers. But we can go and put mission in our heart. But a lot of the time the crowd gets in the way. Pharisees. People who want to watch from the outside. People who never want to get on to the edge of a corner and go, you know what? I want to be part of this. I want to, I want to help. I want to see my friend or I see my workmate or I want to put mission in my heart. I think of people like Moses and Esther and, and Nehemiah and Gideon and uh, who else did I write down? The disciples. Eternity was in their heart. And then I thought of Jesus. Without a doubt, eternity was in his heart. Eternity was in his heart so much more than I believe any person's heart. Because if eternity wasn't in his heart, no way would he have given up his life. No way would he have become the sacrifice for you and for me. And I think, man, eternity was in his heart. And, you know, Paul talks, about, talks to us about how we must become more and more Christ-like. And I was thinking about that scripture and I was like, man, how do I become Christ-like? How do I become as good as Christ? Because we hear about these scriptures that say, oh, that He never sinned and He was the perfect sacrifice. And, and this is all true. But then we have this, this, this persona like we've got to become more and more like Christ. I was like, there's no way we'll ever become like Christ because He was perfect. He was spotless. Then I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, He's like, there's a way that you can become more and more like Christ. I was like, well, tell me. He goes, oh, you can start seeing what Christ sees. You can start looking at every opportunity the way Christ would look at an opportunity. Rather than looking at it the way that I see it. That annoying person, that broken person, that arrogant person. How does Christ see them? Christ sees them. Like it says in Psalm 139, He knew them before they were even formed in their mother's womb. He knew that person who annoys us. He knew that person who's hurt us. He knew that person who we're believing for. It's like one thing out of this, and if I've been studying, I want to see more and more like Christ. One of the heart to see people how Christ sees them. I know it's a challenge for me. I'm sure it's a challenge for you. But come on, uh, tonight, let's have a heart of mission, the power of knowing that Jesus is the answer, knowing that we'll find a way. I don't know how we're going to do this. I don't know how we're going to get through it, but hey, let's just go up on the roof. <laughs> let's just get up on the roof. Preferably Maybe not this one. But let's get above our situation. 
And if it takes a bit of hard work and that we've got to pull some tiles off to get someone to the feet of Jesus, well, I don't know about you, but I'm in for it. I love you as a church last year, how we were doing three services a day. That's taking tiles off the roof. That's taking tiles off the roof. Could it happen again? Yeah, maybe it's going to happen again. What would it take if we were going to plant another church somewhere? Oh, that's tiles off a roof. I reckon that's tile taking tiles off a roof is a great way. Working, working in the plan of God by getting people to the feet of Jesus is the heart mission of life. What's it going to take? Now, our week's coming up. There's a whole lot of young adults going to take tiles off a roof, metaphorically. How do I know that? Is because we've got O Week and they're going to serve during the day, and the Red Frogs team are going to serve at night, and they're going to go to sleep for three hours, and they're going to get up, they're going to sit up again, serve during the day, pack down, do a Red Frogs event at night, sleep for three hours, sit up again. So, oh, I'm just talking about kale, no one else. It's internship right there. No, but this is, a, this is an opportunity to get people to Jesus. And sometimes it's going to take a little bit of hard work. But Moses, Esther, all those people in the Bible, the heroes of faith, they knew what it was to get to the feet of Jesus. They didn't let little obstacles hinder them. Here's the thing, if you're offended, you've got to go to Jesus. Because it will become a big obstacle and you'll never be able to break through the roof and into the full call of God that you're on on your life. I don't know why I say that tonight. It's not down in my notes. But if you are offended in an area, please go to God. If you need to go to the person and they'll receive it, go to the person, talk it out, iron things out. Go with the right spirit. Go with the same spirit. Don't walk around with offense. It will rob you of, of of stepping into the fullness of God. Amen. Amen. The way I wanted to close tonight is just to give you a moment between you and, and you and the Holy Spirit. I, this is often how I finish messages because it's all about Him and you, not me. So why don't we stand to our feet if you don't mind. Stretch those legs. Thank you for listening to this message recorded at Equipus Church, Dunedin. We pray it blessed you. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com.